Two Humorous Nurses with Kelly and Alicia. The podcast that makes you go, hmm. <laughs> Where did you get that from? That, that song? Things that make you go, yeah. hmm. <laughs> Welcome to the second episode of Two Humorous Nurses, where we plan to bring you funny, informal, conversational chat about all things nursing. Except for today, because we're not talking about nurses. Oh, we kind of do. Yeah, of course we are. Yeah. We're talking about us. We're nurses. Talking about That's me. Yeah. <laughs> my turn. Of course it's her turn. Even though she took all of my turn last week. Fuck off. <laughs> Radio, you're in the hot seat. Oh, God. Are you ready? We've yeah. moved locations today, so if there's a little bit of mic noise, it's just because we're like lounging on the couch. Kelly's derelict. Uh, I think it's got something to do with your lawn mowing husband. Yeah. <laughs> we're in the good room today. This is it's very comfortable. This is the good room. Radio, let's go. Okay. Where did you study and what degree? Oh, well. Starting's easy. Yeah, just Bachelor of Nursing at um, La Trobe University. I did a Bachelor of Science, just so you know. Mm. Well, mm. We, we, the, the Bachelor that I did is like a common first year, so we had yeah. physios and uh, yeah. whatever, everyone yeah. pretty much from health science in the same year. Yeah. But then at the end of the year, your first elective that you do is the – well, it's not even an elective. Yeah, the first different subject that you do is a – like your prac skills and stuff. Yeah. So that's nurses only. That's oh, the only yeah. time in the first year that we were all together as nurses. Oh. Yeah. But I didn't live on campus. I lived like we didn't have, because it's like a rural or regional um, Latrobe. Yeah. There was, we didn't get the whole like university experience. Yeah, like, neither did I. I'd had a gap year. And so I was a year older than majority of my uni mm. class. Like there were a couple of mature age students, which I wasn't mature age. But yes, yeah, it's it interesting. Like it, it was not the experience that I'd had in mind for university yeah. because it wasn't actually what I wanted to do in the first place. Yeah, that's right. But, um, you wanted to be a paramedic. Yeah, but then before yeah. that I wanted to do performing arts. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're kind of doing all of it. Well, you're not doing paramedic, but you're, no. doing, you're still doing your performing arts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess. Yeah, but I like lived out of home and had three jobs and yeah. like I could not have lived on campus and mm. and done what I did. Like yeah. the, the experience would have been totally different, but it, I couldn't have sustained that. Yeah, well, I think in mine, like doing it um, externally, I spent eight days on um, oh, campus really? at the very start. You had to do eight days down there. So yeah, they right. did your assessment. Um, they assessed your assessment skills and yeah. – um, you met your lecturers for the courses that you did online and we did our medication tests and yeah, yeah. that yeah. stuff. And so I met I met some of the students, but that was like basically it. And then and I then then went back on campus again. And you would have never seen them again? <laughs> no, nah, until graduation. <laughs> oh, I saw some of them because we would catch up. Um, but oh, yeah. yeah. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> um, so tell us about your career so far. Uh, it's not as exciting as yours. Like well, that's very different, very different to yours. So, yeah, very different. Um, well, when I finished my uni, I got it. I did a grad year in two thousand and fourteen. Is that right? Yeah, two thousand fourteen did my grad year um, at one of the major regional centres, um, and did kids ward, uh, oh, surgical ward, and went out to like a very small rural hospital. That was basically subacute. Like I took all my leave there because I hated yeah. it. Although I did learn to take blood there because there was no one that could take blood and there was no <laughs> no path collection. So necessity I was to like learn. determined yeah. to learn. And, and you did a lot of chronic wounds and stuff, which yep. was good. But um, majority of it was just like placement shit and yep. TCP and a lot of that. Yeah. Um, and then went to theatre by a stroke of luck because I was supposed to go to rehab oh. after being at 
Um, yeah, aged care, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, so I lucked out and went to theatre and then loved it. Yeah. Hated majority of the people I worked <laughs> with, but loved, like, maybe not the people, but just, like, their general the, attitude. Yeah, I the, think. sometimes the culture in theatre is very... Yeah. Um, tricky oh yeah <laughs> so challenging especially when you're young and ambitious and full of drive and yep. um you know people get their noses out of joint if you like their specialty that they specialize yep. in and, and I, I just loved everything about being in theater so I stayed on there for sort of a year and a half and then also did went back to kids ward for a little while but after my grad year actually I applied to become a midwife because I really wanted to work in kids like oh, work really? with kids and so I thought being a midwife was like the right choice for yeah. me. So I got into the midwifery program and when they did their interview, they're like, oh, why do you want to be a midwife? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, uh, I really love kids. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I think I was just scared I wasn't going to get a job because yeah. we had so many grads my year and there weren't many jobs going and I was just scared I wasn't going to get a job. And I did end up interviewing for positions like for, they pretty much interviewed all the grads in one go and then, based on where people where you wanted to be, they would allocate you to a certain ward yeah. with a contract. And when they interviewed me, they're like, how are you enjoying theatre? I'm like, oh, I'm loving it. And they're like, you know your manager wants to keep you on. I'm like, what? Yeah. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so then I stayed on in theatre there and went back to Kids Ward for a little while when my short – because I was only on a short-term contract. Yeah. So then went back to Kids Ward and then – well, I had the car accident and then went to Kids Ward and was only there for – sort of back you know a couple of months or three months or something and then ended up at our little hospital yeah and like I really did think I was gonna hate it I thought I was gonna be bored and yeah well because your only other smaller hospital experience was boring yeah it was terrible yeah yeah and I and I think because I had I had been on placement at our at our work like as a student and thought it was great in lots of ways but also that I wanted more. I wanted bigger things. I yeah. wanted to learn more. I didn't yeah. feel like I was going to learn anything. And I think because people that I used to work with at the big hospital were like, you're going to hate it there. It's shit. Like, yeah. And so then I went in with a really negative mindset and I was really mentally unwell, like at the time too, when I, when I went there. So it wasn't an ideal situation, but then the longer I stayed, the more I loved it. Yeah. And I, the more I realized, like, so I was just working on the floor as an RN and then also working out in the urgent care center and loving the urgent care stuff, even though it was totally out of my element. Like I'd, yeah. I'd been working in kids and theater and that was like majority of my experience. Never worked on a medical ward in my life. Yeah. You know, half of our patients are medical patients. Yeah. So as much as I don't love like medical nursing, I, I totally appreciate um, the skills that it's taught yeah. me and, then obviously being worked there for 12 months and then applied for an A-num position and got yep. it and that it's been a huge step for me in my mm. career. Like I think just doing it so young and early in my career but I was so ready for it and I've realised I've always been kind of a big picture person. Yep, and I think definitely. That and that comes across in everything that you do. Hmm. Like you're such a good – you're a quick learner and you really push yourself to learn – all the things that you need to to make sure that you're going to do well in that. Yeah, in, yeah. You know, like oh, even thanks. just in urgent care. I mean, you're so quick at picking everything up in there, but in a way that's um, like really comprehensive. So Ooh, it's not half assed. Unlike me, probably a little bit more half assed than no, <laughs> I think. I guess. It's your nature, though. But I think it's also <laughs> a bit of that imposter syndrome of me feeling, yeah. of, of me being like, 
especially when I first started in the A&M job, I yeah. really didn't feel like I, I deserved it. Yeah. And, and which is so dumb because yeah. my manager was like super excited yeah. about me coming on as <laughs> and an most A&M of the and other A&Ms were as well. Yeah, and yeah. I think like, but it was just that inner saboteur, as yeah. RuPaul calls it. <laughs> and you know, I think that pushes me too because what people, I don't care what people think about me as a person, but I yeah. absolutely care about what they think of me as a yeah, practitioner. Yeah, definitely. So I think that drives me as well because I want people to think that I'm good at my job. Yes. Do you know what I mean? But I also want my patients to be happy with me and I want to be able to be proud of the service that Correct. I've provided them to. Yeah, of course. And, and you know, especially we get cancer, like we get immunosuppressed patients, we get patients who are really, really vulnerable and, and I want to be able to do good things for them. And yep. I think – and I have no doubt in – my own skill and I, I like that. Like I, mm. I like being comfortable. I wouldn't be able to handle going to work and being nervous about the work that I might do that day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. way happier going to work knowing that I can do exactly what my job asks of yeah. me. That's I think that's what drives me to learn yes. because I want to be proud of the work that I'm yeah, doing. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I think all nurses should be like that. They should have some level of yeah, I'd hope so. your learning doesn't stop and uni stops unfortunately. And mm. um, God, I always want new skills. I always want to be able to go, mm. well, I can do that. I've, yeah. I did that. And uh, there was something recently, oh, we had a patient who had a pleural drain and for some reason it, it become this big deal that there had to be all this education and everything. And I was like, how different can it be from every other kind of drain we've ever worked yeah. with, like kind of thing. And it was one of those moments of the patient came and someone had to change it. And mm. I was like, oh, well, I've done, you know, stuff like this all the time mm. and just because it's a different brand or something. It was a cool drain though. It was a cool drain, yeah. yeah the education so, uh, section session that you didn't attend was very cool Whatever, too. I've been on nights. <laughs> but, Don't worry, nobody else attended it either. <laughs> <laughs> Radio, uh, okay. I'm going to move on to the next question, yeah. but I think I already know the answer. Why did you want to be a nurse? I think the answer is I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never wanted to be a nurse. And, you know, I'm doing this podcast, I've actually learned a lot about myself and I even said this yesterday. I'm like, I hate palliative care. I just, like, I mean, I like that we can make people comfortable and I like doing it well in that way and making sure that their symptoms are managed. And I feel like my strength is the medication side of the palliative care. But I'm like, I just never fucking know what to say to people. Like, I'm so shit in that situation. Like, I I can do the professional, like, oh, which funeral home would you like to, you know. Yeah, but you don't want to pat them on the arm and say, it's all right. Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, I do, I do, like, it's different when you kind of know the people yeah. Um, because obviously we're in a small town and sometimes you do know the people that you're yeah, looking after right. and their families and whatever. If if they're all strangers and, and families are super complicated yeah. and sometimes it takes someone to be dying for that all of that shit to be like aired and then, you know, there's issues in the family or thing, people don't get along or this one doesn't talk to this one and, yeah. and, and I find that really stressful because you don't know – who do I talk to? Who's the good one? And, and who's the one that is level-headed? Or yeah. who's the, you know, and I just find it all so complicated. And then also with the patient, there's nothing you can say to them that's going to make them anything better. And there's that's nothing. Right. And I just feel like me being there is not helping anything really. <laughs> and <Yeah>. me talking <laughs> is just me just trying not to feel awkward. So I guess there are lots of things about nursing. Like I think I ended up staying in nursing because I realised – I. I will say, though, that I loved the human body growing up. I was, like, obsessed mm, with it. Yeah. And I was – I knew, like, everything about the circulatory system when I was in, like, grade three and yeah. and and loved the idea of the human body and I loved anything medical. Yeah. And always had – like, I was obsessed with making sure that our first aid kit 
was perfect yeah. and I loved using the first aid kit. Yeah. And, and so I think maybe there's a part of me that it's always kind of been there. Yeah. But it was never a driving a thing. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It wasn't ever that I wanted to take care of people or anything no. like that. But I think maybe that's why I've gone into the sort of leadership positions yeah. because although I did have, I had a patient load the other week. I didn't, I don't know if I told you, but <laughs> I came died. on because someone had done a double and they just stayed on in urgent care from the yeah. morning. And because normally if I work in the afternoon, I'll work in urgent care if I'm not in charge. And um, the nurse in charge was like, oh, I've given you a patient that had six patients and I'm 28 weeks pregnant. <laughs> anyway, it's fine. Lots of people do. That's it. They do. <laughs> I know. So then I was like, okay, sure. No worries. And I wasn't that thrilled about it. And I had the best night yeah. ever. I loved looking after when my When you patients. don't get to do it very often and then you get it's to do it, novelty. you're like, I don't have to worry about anything other than these six patients. Yes. Let's do your obs. Let's give you some meds. Except then Are we had good? an anaphylaxis out in the urgent oh, care and they needed didn't. my help. <laughs> Fucking shit. Later. Anyway. Alrighty. Next question. Next. <laughs> Talked a lot know, about sorry. nothing about why you want to be a nurse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> worst nursing experience. Oh, you got so many because you're a shit magnet. I know. And, but the worst one was definitely we had a baby that was um, pretty much near dead that we had resussed. And that was pretty confronting mm. like that was the first time I'd ever resussed a baby was that a delivery or a, no, just a baby it, came the in? baby was 10 weeks prem and Ooh. um had been in hospital for a long time hadn't been home very long and had aspirated oh and that's horrible. yeah so it was a really awful situation but a good outcome for the baby okay and um it was just one of those moments like <laughs> the nurse who answered the call like because we have an intercom system. Yeah. And the nurse who answered it was in charge. And then as soon as she hung up the phone, her she pretty much screamed, Alicia, flat baby. And that kind of haunted me. Yeah. And then when the whole thing was over, and then the paramedics also didn't treat us very well because by the time they arrived, they arrived to a well baby who was being um, ventilated. Like they didn't arrive to what we a had flat seen. Baby. Yeah. Yeah. So that sort of... Didn't, they just were adding salt to the wound. Yeah. And then when they left, um, I sort of went to the tea room and just bawled my eyes yeah. out. Because I was just – you couldn't you can't process the emotions in the moment and then yeah. afterwards – And the adrenaline you leaves your system. Yeah, yeah, and you kind of crash. And, yeah, you do. And yeah. this was 9 o'clock, 8.30 in the morning. Yeah. So we just started our shift and then yeah. it was like I had to try and rally to get through my shift for the rest yeah. of the day. But that was probably – that's definitely my worst. worst nursing experience. Well, let's change Even the tune a, a bit outcome. Yeah. and go, um, I like this one and I wish I had it. Mm. <laughs> Longest or coolest surgery that you witnessed or were a part of? Oh, I wouldn't say coolest, but one of the when – I, when I was a grad, I did my first like, on call, like afternoon shift um, – and the afternoons is when you do all your emergency. Yeah. So, because there wasn't a dedicated emergency theatre. So, um, you just had to kind of fit them in or do them yeah. all at the end. So, and then they, they'd staffed it really badly. And I was the only other person. So, there was a nurse who only works in anaesthetics, a nurse that only works in recovery, a nurse that can do scrub scout or anaesthetics, and then me. Yeah. And so, then I was like, well, I'm the only other person that can scrub. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, looking at the list. Oh, we've got a massive um, like periprosthetic fracture, going to need a full yeah. like whatever replacement. And then um, the other, and then I was like, 
I hadn't done ortho at that point. So mm. I was like, well, I can't do that one. Yeah. And then the next one was a laparotomy and I'd never done a laparotomy. <laughs> so basically they opened her up and her bowel had completely like dissolved, like disinter- Like you literally would like pick it up and it just completely fell apart. And I think that was the first time that my mind was completely blown. And because and there's literally feces everywhere because they haven't had prep or anything yeah. like that. And so it was, I've just never seen anything like it. And I think that blew my mind a little bit. Yeah, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, I guess we we never did like huge yeah. long surgery. Yeah. Like, yeah, they were they were uh, we we did like Hartman's and that sort of thing. I guess majority of the work that I did was elective, um, and the emergency stuff was like basic yeah. stuff. Um, there probably were. Oh, I mean, you know, gunshot wounds and stuff. There's occasional or stabbings and that sort of thing. Yeah, but, but nothing like the patients were never. I wouldn't well some of them were critical but you know we I guess as a grad I didn't get a huge opportunity yeah. and I I wasn't there long enough to really take advantage yep. of the great surgeries that could have been done there. Um yeah I had some really cool surgeries but again I didn't do any um all of ours was elective because we were a private hospital. That's right, we didn't yeah. do any emergency but stuff. I guess you had better specialties and your hospital was a lot bigger. Huge, yeah. yeah. Um yeah we had great. I saw huge amazing surgeries which we might talk about another time. Mm. Um, tell us what your best day in nursing has been, if you've got oh a best day. Best day. I feel like for me, any day that I leave work feeling like just like today was a good day, even though we had something really terrible happen, we all pulled together and got it done. I feel like I don't have good and bad, mm. like I couldn't single I out a single day. I, I don't know, um, best day is hard, but I think if you leave and you're like, we worked so well as a team today. Everybody helped each other out. Like those are my best days. Yeah. And and I guess there are days though where you spend a lot of time on one patient. Like for me, being in charge, say someone needs to be transferred or they're really unwell or something or you're trying to get a really good outcome for that patient and you spend a lot of lot of time on it and then you finally achieve it. Yeah. I think those are really cool yeah, moments. Yeah, or you have a long-term patient that finally goes home oh, and then yeah. doesn't come back a week later because they're yeah. actually thriving because everything you put in place has worked. worked. Yeah. 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 But then obviously it's twice as deflating <laughs> when you come back the next day and they're back in the bed. <laughs> uh, here's a – this is a tricky question. Can someone get over the fear of needles to become a nurse? How the fuck would I know? I don't I think know. you could. I think you need to work through why – what scares you about needles. It would take a lot of work, yeah. You're not receiving a needle. Like, I yeah. don't necessarily like getting needles, but I'll stab anyone. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit It's a bit of a hard one. It depends whether it's, like, the fear of needle, that just seeing a needle makes yeah. you want to faint, or if it's, like, getting – yeah, getting yeah. it yourself. I, it, I don't – I've never been – I used to think people who fainted with needles were pussies. Like, I just <laughs> – Of course you did. <laughs> I never had patience for people who, like <laughs> – See, this is why I shouldn't You're never weak. become a nurse. You should just sit up. You're fine. Like at school when all these people would faint, I'm like, they're doing it for attention. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. Yeah, I really don't know. You'll have to talk to some other person. Maybe talk to you, whoever <laughs> sent this question in. I'm not a fucking Sorry, expert. she's not helpful. <laughs> so how would I know? Yeah, talk to someone who maybe has achieved that or accomplished that and then they can yeah. maybe tell you how they did it. Yeah. But I think and it also depends on the level of the fear, I would say, because like yeah. I have had a patient once who would literally have choked me before she would yeah. have accepted this needle. Like, And the panic in her yeah. face and like in her voice and she was howling. Like, And this is, you know, a grown woman. Yeah. 
And I think that is a genuine like yep. phobia. Yeah. Um, and it's there's a difference between that yep. and then the I don't like needles. Like, and I think it's something that you need to work on before getting a job that you have to give needles in. And don't go and get yourself in twenty five thousand dollars <laughs> worth of debt before you <laughs> start your grad year and realize you can't fucking give needles. Yeah. I don't know. It may be something that you might be able to get away with. Uh, like I'm just Maybe. saying yeah. if you can rope someone into giving – like if you work on the ward, you probably don't give a great deal of IM injections. So it would just be a matter of taking blood, which if you work in a big hospital, you don't have to do anyway. Uh, mm. Putting in cannulas, which if you work in a big hospital, you don't have to do anyway because there's interns that will do it. Um, putting in like giving subcut injections probably the only thing that you really need mm. to learn how to do. I've given like 30 but they're little needles. 30 subcut injections over the last three weeks. It's been hard. Not that many, really. <laughs> Three weeks is 15 days. Uh, that's two a day. I only see patients two days a week. Oh. No, that's not true. That's not, that's an inaccurate representation of how many <laughs> needles I've given. I've never given 30 needles. Uh, anyway. Okay, anyway. Um, <laughs> moving on. If you have a really big fear of needles, just go see someone. Yeah, we don't care. No, we do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for taking the time to send us a question. I'm sorry you sent it to Alicia and not to me. <laughs> God, I was watching the maths re- completely off topic. Oh, I was watching no, the maths reunion and Heidi and um whatever her dickhead husband was, and he when she sat on the beach and was trying to tell him why she was a bit messed up from her story, and he looked at her and said, "I'm not your therapist." <laughs> so literally, Alicia just did to you. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, radio. Oh, here we go. What are you looking forward to about becoming a mum? Oh, God. I think I have time off. Twice as many fears as I do about <laughs> like. You know things I'm looking forward to, but people when I want to be glib, people are like, "What are you looking forward to about becoming a mum?" I'm like, "Using my pram, getting that priority parking." <laughs> Can't wait to just take that pram out for a stroll. Um, but no, I, like actually, something I am looking forward to is actually having a routine for the first time in my life. Yes, like of my working life. Yeah, I. It'll be nice to be like we do this on Wednesdays or we go mm. for dinner at grandparents on Sunday nights. Like I've literally never had that in the last yeah. 10 years since working in uni and shift work. Yeah. And like I've been a, P- I was a PCA during yeah. uni and, and that shift work. And so yeah. literally for the last 10 years, I have not had. And babies thrive off routine. Well, and this is like, I, mm. I know that and people, oh, I fucking hate people sometimes because mm. when I said that, Everyone's like, good luck. You'll never have a routine with a baby. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. But, uh, you soon become that person where you're like, oh, no, I can't come for breakfast. My child sleeps from 8 till 10 yeah. and then 11.30 to 1 and then 3. <laughs> and then they move and they have their lunchtime nap. And you're like, well, I'm never going out for lunch ever again. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I guess I, I'm really looking forward to that aspect of, yeah. of trying to. Yeah, I guess, you know, it's not going to be exactly the same every day. But I, I'm really looking forward to having designated days yep. to do things and, and having that sort of... Going to Tots and Jones. Yeah. <laughs> but do you know what I, you know what I mean? Like I'm, yeah. I'm really looking forward to that, um, just not doing shift work for 12 yep. months. So it's going to be lovely. Yeah, that was the best thing for me too. I loved it. And I loved being... I literally had nursed for like... I'd worked, not nursed, but worked for like 20 years. And when I got that time off, I was like... And I sort of came very suddenly because I was like sick. And then they're like, you can't go back to work. I'm like, oh, what? yeah, I want to yeah. scrub. So I... um, Yeah, it was for... And it was so good. Like I just... 
I loved it. I went out for mm, coffees and and I had a I had a routine like because yeah. I had to because Amelia was so strict um, at the start with her feeding and everything. Yeah. But I loved it. I like caught up with friends. I found um, a weird mum's group and then I just I can't, like four of us just hung out well they were a bit it was an attachment parenting group which you might love but oh my god <laughs> us mums on the couch with that kid just on the ground lying there and we were drinking coffee and talking and the other mums are like interacting with their babies and giving them massages and mm. attending their needs and breastfeeding and we're like oh you should be right don't worry about her she's good don't worry about her she's on the ground all the time and then so we broke away because well, yeah, they didn't different. like us yeah. but um yeah you'll find Obviously. you'll find your crew that yeah, yeah. are the perfect match for you yeah, with the babies I and you'll find that. that you'll some friends you'll never get to see again because yeah. they won't want to conform be a part to, of it yeah, yeah. That. but i think we're the last ones pretty much out of our friends to have babies yeah so like i mean other than my friend in melbourne but i think yeah we're we're the last ones to catch yeah. up like <laughs> but obviously i'm looking forward to all the beautiful things about being a parent mm-hmm. like and you know just meeting our baby and getting to yeah. like seeing if it's a boy or a girl is going to be exciting and mm. you know or an intersex baby. Who knows? Are you going to assume it's gender at birth? Assume it's gender? Yeah. What are you talking about? You know, like you're just going to wait for it to decide for itself? Or are you going to be like, oh, no, you have a penis. You're definitely a boy. Even well, though you could be a girl. I don't know. I think that's a really complicated <laughs> issue. She's looking but at me like, what the fuck are I you talking about? Like, <laughs> society's not quite there with no. the whole, like, everybody's gender fluid and <laughs> child can decide. I feel like, you know what? People are going to buy this. If it's a boy, it's people are going to buy it blue shit. Like, yeah. I'm not going to force anything on my kid. Fuck, if he wants to play with dolls, I don't give two shits. And, like, Mick and I have had this conversation about people get so funny still these days about um, if you've got two girls, are you going to try for I a know. boy? And that whole mentality is like, you know what? Girls can fucking do what men can do yeah. and then some. And yeah. and the other way around, like I've seen some incredible boys that are dancers and I've seen some, you know, incredible cricket players for women and, and I just feel like the whole like gender yeah. stereotypes are so outdated yeah. and that when people get this whole, oh, wouldn't it be nice for Mick to get a boy? And I think, why? Cam didn't want a boy. Well, this he is was like, so happy to have a girl well, and I don't know why. Yeah. I wanted a boy. Yeah. Like an ally wanted a boy. Yeah, well, I, I'm just kind of like, meh, I don't care. I'm like, girls would be easier because Mick, <laughs> you're going to love this. But oh, when we, no. I've only ever had girl dogs, right? Like my whole mm. life, only ever had girl dogs. And then when we got Hugo, I was like, what's with these balls? And then Mick, like, and I'll be like, he's licking his dick. And <laughs> Mick's always like, why are you so fascinated with his genitals? Like, stop it. And I'm like, it's just strange. I just don't know what to do. And I don't want his mm. dick touching me. Like, I don't. And. And you just could have a penis inside you right Yeah, now. I know. <laughs> <And> that's, <laughs> I'm like, if it's a girl, I'm like, I'm used to comfortable, girl. I'm comfortable. I'm used to girl yeah. bits. Like, if it's yep. a boy, I'm going to be like, what the fuck do I do I with know. this little penis? <laughs> well, you cover it before you take the nappy off and piss in your yeah. face. <laughs> that's I've my seen, tip. I've seen it. Don't even have a boy. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I mean, I'm, I'm really lucky, like, working on kids' ward and in the nursery. I'm really comfortable with babies yeah. and stuff, so, you know. Um, no, nah, you're yeah. going to be great. I can't wait. I wish you'd find out what you had first so I can buy specific clothing. <laughs> you already bought clothes anyway. Yeah, I know. It was so cute. That was really early. That was a long time ago. I know. Ago. I was so excited. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, you're going to have to wait for your baby shower. Yeah. <laughs> um, rightio, another question. Positive role model in your life. Do you have a positive role Gretchen model? Gretchen Rubin. She's my guru. <clears throat> yeah. If you don't know who she is, she's fucking amazing. She's a writer. 
and podcast host and she studies happiness and good habits Mm. and she like has written a heap of books about and I've never been a habitual person like I can never keep habits because I always feel like habits and routine kind of go hand in hand yeah but she has this way of just making everything seem so accessible and 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 she's done all these crazy, like, great studies about – like, she did it – she spent a year testing people's theories on things that can make you happier and stuff, which ah. is super cool. And, um, like, she her, she hosts this podcast with her sister that's just incredible called Happier with Gretchen Rubin. And um, they have little, like, hacks about how to be happier in life. And, yeah. And, and, and at home, she's got a book called Happier at Home. And she did – like, she just – she's so cool. So she – and she talks about having a guru – which can mm. like can inspire your happiness, and she is my guru. It's very cool. Yeah, she's super cool. Yeah. She's not anything like me at all because she's <laughs> she and she's also actually she's also studied um, personalities ah. and and how based on so she's created her own framework for personalities yeah. and how um, depending on where you sit in her framework is how like how you if you can know yourself better, yep. you can create your habits that suit your personality type and so she's an upholder which means that she easily conforms to internal and external expectations whereas I am a questioner so I will do it if I think it's reasonable (laughs) yes so (laughs) if I don't think it's reasonable then I will not do it and yeah. and I like it. it yeah, I know, I know it's so it's so classic. I was just thinking about something you told me the other day. I was like, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and I know that about myself because yeah. of her. And and whereas Mick's a rebel, he won't do things if he thinks they're a good idea, and he won't do them if somebody else thinks they're a good idea. Mm. Like he literally will go against every expectation, and yeah. then he'll only do something if there's like a really strong desire for mm. it to be done and he doesn't respond to external pressure at all. So he's, he's one of those people that's got to find his own way. Like you can't force mm. him into anything. I wonder what I would be after look him up. Oh, you have to. Yeah. It's great. So it's called the, um, anyway, just type in Gretchen Rubin personality framework or something. Yeah. And, um, it's like the four tendencies. That's what it's called. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, random question time. Oh, what superpower would you choose? Oh, fuck. Jeez. It's not that hard. Everyone knows what their superpower is going to be. Do they? <laughs> Your face. Yes. <laughs> Everyone out there right now is screaming at their, like, <laughs> device. Uh, superpower. Well, know what mine is? I want to say, like, to breathe underwater. Is that a cool oh, superpower? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Like scuba steam. And not get, like, wrinkly. <laughs> <laughs> Old people fingers. <laughs> yeah. Mine's invisibility. Yeah, oh yeah. I just want to skulk around. Oh, I feel like that would be way too tempting and it would like, oh, yeah. I don't know, it would consume you. You'd spend all of your time yeah. like spying on people. I get bored. But I love reality oh, TV, no, so that's like right up my alley. But you would just use it to scare the shit out of people. 100%. Like <laughs> just move shit around their house. Yeah. <laughs> all right, another random one from our friend with the dick fingers. Oh, fucking hell. Would you never taste again or never smell again? Well, I haven't smelt anything since I've been <laughs> pregnant because I'm so congested. Uh, <laughs> uh, smell affects your smell. taste, though. It's yeah, it does. Rude. It does. So, but then does taste affect your smell? If you can't taste anything, can you still smell? Well, I, I assume you can. Do you know you what? Can't. Nah, you'd because ha- I'll tell you right now. If you took away your taste and you smelt something so delectable and then put it in your mouth and it, and taste it tasted it, yeah. like porridge. Fuck off smell. I don't want to smell with yeah, husband's no. poo one Happy more time. Not <laughs> <laughs> Happy not to smell, but to taste. Mm-hmm. And this is my question for you. Oh, God. If you could be the lead in any musical ever, 
Oh. Who would you be? Oh, my God. Uh, oh, fuck. There's too many. Just pick the first one that comes to mind that you really want to do. Don't think about it. Just do it. I'll tell you who I Eponine from Lame Is. Oh, I fucking love Lame Is. Me too. And that's like, it's like a dream role. Like, it's it's the epitome of mm. of every musical. And she's pro- it's probably every, you know, musical person's like... Role. But if if I had to choose one that was not a classic, I would say Calamity Jane, which is a classic, but it's not like mm. a typical um, Calamity Jane for sure because yep. she's just amazing. I'd be Maria from Sound of Music. Oh, how did I not think of Maria? I fucking love Maria. How you solve a problem like Maria. <laughs> you could totally be Maria. I could see I that. love her. I have confidence in sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. She just makes me so happy. I do love she Maria. Does. Actually, yeah. you know what? This would be in my top five for sure. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I'm not a musical fan. No, but you love sound of music. I do love sound. Jesus, my favorite movie of all time. That's a great question. Good, good question. Well, I just uh, we had to throw in some musical. We haven't talked about there. nursing in about seven questions. <laughs> uh, that was fun. Hope you enjoyed getting to know me a bit better. Hope you're not too bored. Our next episode is Types of Nursing, where we explore nursing personality types and why certain personalities are sort of attracted to certain areas. Or, um, yeah, It's going to be a really interesting episode, I think. We've got to do a bit of research on this yeah, one. Yeah, I think it will be really interesting. I'm looking forward to it because I... I think, and it, it's something that's kind of unsaid and that, yeah. that certain people yeah. end up in certain areas <laughs> and why do people end up in certain why? areas. So it'll be cool to explore that topic yeah. a little bit. So don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Find us on our socials, Instagram at Two Humorous Nurses Podcast. And email us with your topic suggestions and your nursing stories. We can't wait to hear from you. Email us at humorousnurses at gmail.com. That's humorous like the bone. H-U-M-E-R-U-S. Nurses at gmail.com. Nurses at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.